Hi, this is Crystal Lewis, and you're listening to the Church Collective Podcast. That's right. This is episode number 34 of the Church Collective Podcast. In this episode, I interview Jaden Lovick, and then I and Scott Beglin both interview Crystal Lewis about their upcoming Easter Together. If you're in Southern California, you are going to want to go to this concert. It's going to be really incredible. Uh, head over to the show notes to get all the information at thechurchcollective.com slash podcast. And here we go with the Church Collective Podcast, episode number 34. After, after college, I actually enrolled in seminary at um, Talbot Seminary in, uh, at Biola University in L.A. And uh, <clears throat> after that, during that time, I got involved with Saddleback Church. Mm. Um, I went to hear uh, uh, Case, for, Case for Christ, uh, Lee Strobel speak at Saddleback. Yeah. And uh, just kind of was captivated by just the apologetic nature of Lee and his deal and just loved it. And so I ended up getting plugged in at Saddleback Church and coincidentally met the worship pastor there at the time, Rick Muchow in the parking lot. He invited me to like, we, through a conversation, he just found out I played guitar and sang and invited me to a, um, an audition they were doing for the worship team. I'm like, I'm a student. Yeah, it'd be fun. It'd be fun to get involved. And, um, that ended up turning into a job. So I auditioned, and was on their worship team. They were starting a new Sunday service, and things were kind of booming back in the, you know, at Saddleback at that time. This was like early 2000s. Yeah. And so um, I got involved there. It turned into a job for two years, and that turned into a record deal through with Tooth and Nail Records and BEC Recordings up in up in Seattle, Washington. And mm-hmm. so I was kind of like Saddleback, then on the road for a few years, and did the Christian music thing for a while, and and found my heart just kind of gravitating back to the local church. You know, I think it's just a little more my my cup of tea in terms of being relational and within plugged into a community, and um, so I just found myself wanting to get back home. <laughs> yeah, and uh, stability. I got married during that time. We have three kids now, and and I've been just pouring into the local church and still trying to create new music, but. Um, sure. You know, the home base has been something I valued. Okay, cool. So, what, what's like your what are your weekend services look like? What, what kind of sets are you doing, and how do you prep for them? I'm trying to write more uh, in this season. Um, <clears throat> I find myself just just covering a lot of lot of tunes um, from the guys whose songs work. You know, yeah. And uh, not not bored with that, but just getting more called to write new songs. So mm. I've been doing that. And, um, our church is in San Clemente, California. It's called the Shoreline, and um, it's a very beach beach community. A lot of surfers, a lot of pretty low key atmosphere, coastal community. So it's um, we we have a lot of flexibility in terms of genre. Mm. <clears throat> Anything from an ukulele uh, to an acoustic guitar to you know full rock band stuff. So and they're all pretty accepting and and uh, you know just just take what I throw at them. So <laughs> that's we cool. keep it pretty diverse. And a lot of that's just contingent upon who's available to play that week. And sure. then, and then just, just creatively trying to diversify. So cool. Do you involve your, your team in the songwriting process? You, I haven't had anybody yet emerge as like a budding songwriter. Yeah. I, I do have some interest recently though. And so I've been at this church about three years, a little over three years. Okay. And, uh, during that time we've just, grown a lot and so i'm we're right at that point now where we're about you know 
thousand to twelve hundred people every week, and so it's it's a lot of the new people are starting to get interested in the worship ministry for the mm-hmm. first time. So very cool. Yeah, I'd like to. That'd be fun. Yeah. So um, you were at my church, like for everybody listening, like like you, you're part of a, a group. Like I guess, what do you call the group that's done like a Christmas togethers and Easter togethers? Um, you did it at my church for Christmas, and it was just great. Like loved it. But like maybe can you speak a little bit about how all that got together? Yeah, I think uh, if I had to summarize kind of a, a, a longer conversation, a lot of it was is um, just burst out of um, you know a heart for unity and just in seeing the broader Christian community than just the home local church. Hmm. And so, having done that in Christian music. And now being part of a local community, I just value both a lot. And, you know, coming off the road in Christian music and knowing how many of my talented friends exist within my own community, um, my wife and I really just kind of rallied a bunch of the local worship leaders in our town, Hmm. Orange County, and said, hey, you guys are fantastic. You write great songs. You have awesome ministries. Let's do something together. And um, the neat neat part of that has been really to kind of see – uh, different church congregations participating arm in arm with one another and and intermingling, you know, and and I think it's just had a really neat, encouraging uh, dynamic to it, you know. Uh, scripturally, based off primarily John seventeen, you know, Jesus right before he goes to his death and on the cross, he prays with his disciples, and he in in that in that chapter he mentions, you know, numerous times. Uh, just his heart for us being unified in in our followership of of, of his ministry yeah. and the gospel. So, um, I you know in the context of what Jesus was about to do and give us like his parting words, you know, yeah. <laughs> we're implore, imploring his followers to be unified. And so, hmm. I think it's at the heart of Jesus, and it's at you know the heart of God, and and I think it should be at our heart too. And so, we've tried to build two primary events around. Um, a tour around Christmas yeah. to do this type of thing. And then this Easter event that we've done the last three years and, and we've, we've just seen a lot of, a lot of neat fruit out of it. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the, the Easter event coming up here. So the Easter event is called an Easter together and uh, you can check it out at the website and Easter together.com. And, and it's basically, we've got about 25 different churches now all in Orange County that are all um, committing to send their congregations to an event at the Verizon Amphitheater. Hmm. And we're coming together and just having a massive, massive party. We got a couple speakers and, and a bunch of bunch of great artists. We'll have a time of congregational worship at the end and a huge seventy person choir and mm. you know top to bottom, everyone's volunteering their time. It's pretty pretty amazing, and um, we you know we just see it as a, a kind of a unifying event and mutually encouraging event for all of Orange County. That's really cool. What are you most excited about for it? Is there one like moment that you see coming? Or- you know, one of the neat times, we've got great artists and speakers and all that. It's going to be a fantastic event. One of the neatest times, though, is really we've invited a bunch of lead pastors from all over the county to come and be on stage together and pray. And so after the message, about two-thirds into the night, there's a time when we all come together and just pray strategically for certain areas within the county. Um, and this is on Thursday before Easter, so it's really a chance for a lot of church leaders and congregants to come together and kind of prepare their own hearts for their own gatherings coming up on yeah. that weekend. So it's a neat time to kind of strategically pray for what God's going to do in Easter serv- at Easter services all over the county. That's very cool. So 
I guess how I'm sure there's people listening to this. They're in their community, and maybe they're not connected, or their their churches aren't connected with each other. And they're probably like, "Man, I wish I could somehow do essentially like a citywide worship, you know, service like that." Do you have any advice? Like, how how did you guys get this? Like, was it through your relationships with other worship leaders? Was it all your lead pastors saying, "Hey, we want to do this thing"? Like, what what would what could you say to somebody who's like, "I want I want something like this in my community"? Yeah, you know, it's funny is. Um <laughs> I don't think it would have happened if it, if we weren't coming at it from a music angle. Mm. Music has this really neat voice, um, and all, almost all of the vision, birth, and creative stuff has um, emerged from the worship leaders within these churches and kind of pulling their lead pastors and teams on board. Mm. Um, I'm not sure why that is, other than that's how it's happened for us, you know, and getting getting the music guys together. Sure. We do a record. We do a record each year. Okay. And so everyone participates creatively, and there's just a lot of excitement around uh, music, I think, mm. um, that people gravitate towards, and probably maybe even more so than the teaching element of things. And so it's, it's, it's a fun environment, and senior pastors are like, yeah, I want to let my people loose a little bit and have fun. And, and so it's, that's kind of how it's been birthed, a bunch of worship leaders getting together and making some, making some waves. Yeah, so just get together with other worship leaders. It's a big deal. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. Um, so you got any practical tips for, like, say, your worship team? You find that you're running into some issues, like, fairly often, or, any, like, do you have people asking you anything, and you maybe speak to something for everybody listening? You know, I think for—I'm uh, I'm coming kind of a basic, simple guy, and uh, our worship team, we're coming back to the basics. Um, when we rehearse, we rehearse on Wednesdays, and when we rehearse, uh, I just want to always have something prepared for my team. Hmm. Um, non-musical, you know, something from my heart or something that I'm reading and some, some kind of challenge for them to go deeper in their own walk with, with Christ. And I think those are the most meaningful times because, you know, like we can really get good at executing songs and pulling off a set every Sunday and, and leading people in worship. But, um, yeah, just trying to disciple um, your own worship team in, in, in neat ways of, of encouraging them to grow in their walk with God, I think, is has been my biggest... Uh, I don't know, just probably expansion of my own heart, just saying it's so much, it's so much bigger than, than, uh, than just the songs, you know? And so taking yeah. them, taking them deeper in our time together in music has been, been what I would encourage other worship leaders to do. Awesome. So if people want to get in touch with you, where, where can they go? Uh, personally, um, yeah. well, obviously, you know, there's like website stuff, but, um, sure. Facebook, Facebook and Instagram are cool. And, and, um, and, and, uh, email's fine. I mean, we, um, if if you want more information on the Easter together, Christmas together events, there's websites for those. Hmm. Um, other than that, man, I'll just uh, shoot me an email or Facebook sure. message, and happy awesome. to happy to respond. Okay, I will put a link to all those things on the show notes for this episode. And yeah, Jaden, thanks so much for chatting. Right on, right? Yeah. Cool. Now we're gonna hop over to our interview with Crystal Lewis. Well, initially, um, I was born into a pastor's home, and my mother is an exceptional musician and enabled me to sing anything I wanted to sing. So this is so funny talking to my kids about the past because... I say things like, well, there was no internet. Like you didn't look things up online and find chord charts or anything like that. If you wanted a song, you know, like the new Keith Green song, I wanted to sing that the next week at church. My mom had to listen to the record 
the actual vinyl sure. and um, transcribe it basically. And so she did that for me with, I can't even tell you how many songs of how many artists, including people that, not that I did these songs, but Michael Jackson songs. I mean, those kinds sure. of things, my parents were really great about um, just seeing the value in my love for that kind of music, I think. Hmm. Um, but anyways, um, so my mom was a huge influence in me getting to sing all different kinds of songs in church. And then my dad was a huge influence in allowing me to have that, that platform. So I started very young. Um, and then at 15, uh, began recording professionally with, um, uh, um, a musical called high tops that was through Maranatha music. Um, I don't even know the year cause I can't do math, but I was 15 years old. I'll be 45 this year. Um, <laughs> So started doing that and then wound up with the lifters and wild blue yonder and signed to frontline records through that. Okay. In the early, uh, in the eighties, mid eighties. Sure. Yeah. Cool. So roundhouse actually came out of that. <laughs> okay. Because Benny Hester was signed to frontline at the same time I was and his, at the time fiance now wife, was the originator of the roundhouse okay. idea. So that's cool. Yeah. So your mom, was it your mom that was like really musical when mm-hmm. you, okay. And so she just, how, how did you, did you just naturally start singing? Did you like, were you one of the kids that, like took piano at two or what, how, how did you get started <laughs> with music? Yeah. I think I started piano at four. Okay. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. She just, she was so musical in nature and she, um, there was no getting away from that in the house. And I think it just kind of filtered into my life and she began to see the evidence of my abilities early on and just kind of jumped on that and was like, okay, you're going to sing at church this weekend. And Hmm. the story goes apparently at five or six years old, they made me get on the stage (laughs) and sing something. And I cried and like fought and did not want to do it. And then, you know, the joke is they can't get me off the stage now. So (laughs) that's funny. So build music into your kids for sure. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, when it's in your house, there's, it's kind of like no escaping it, which is clearly what has happened with my family. We never set out to, to shove them into some kind of a mold, but, um, they just, they lived in it. They toured with us. They were, we didn't get babysitters. We took them with us. And so they lived on the bus and they hmm. lived on the road. Um, and they just developed the love for it. And um, I think their gifts have developed a little bit later than mine did. I had this platform to sing on stage from such a young age yeah. because of my parents. But um, they really, when we moved to Montana, which was eight years ago this summer, they both like kind of shot forward and had um, a platform to work from and um, all of that with our church up here. So Awesome. So tell, tell me a little bit, like while, while we're talking about really family passing on music, like tell me a little bit about uh, your daughter and what you guys are doing. And so, so she's leading it at the church you guys are at now. She was, um, my son is on staff full time at um, Fresh Life Church up here in Montana. And um, my daughter was, basically a full-time worship leader there too. But um, over the last six months or so, we have, the two of us have kind of stepped way back from that because we found that we were giving all of our time to that and felt that God was um, 
wanting us to kind of focus back on um, just traveling together, put this kind of vision in our hearts to do this mother daughter thing. Hmm. Um, I would get gigs places and I would take her with me even as like a 12 year old um, who was just learning to play acoustic guitar. Cause I thought it was fun and it was cute. And then all of a sudden she just like exploded in her gift of um, theory and understanding and writing. And we did a record for her when she was 15 um, and now I'll take her places with me and she'll accompany me. Like she has learned beauty for ashes. She's played people get ready. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's awesome. funny um, that we've just kind of begun to partner. And in some of those travels, in some of those women's events that we've been a part of, conversations have come up with other women who say, how do you have this teenage daughter? That's such a good girl. Mm. How do you, how do you do that? Cause my daughter is 11 and we're on the verge of this middle school chaos and um and so it just kind of got our wheels turning to think you know what if we did um we went into churches and we talked about that and here we are making music together she's written two songs on my new record for mm. sure and um she, as a, she just turned 18 and so she just she has a a wealth of um interesting information hopefully none of which is you know blackmail material sure. where i'm concerned <laughs> but um, so just those things are kind of like snowballing at the moment. So. Awesome. Yeah. So will you guys be, uh, the two of you recording an album with, with this material? That, well, right now she is actually literally, as we're speaking, recording vocals, um, in her bedroom <laughs> across the hall. Okay. <laughs> um, um, I'm a little further behind in my project but um her album will probably release around july mine won't be out until probably october um in the meantime we are um trying to put together an ep of just worship related songs that we will use in our um i call it an event but really it's um like for instance we're doing a mother's day um I don't know, a, like women's brunch or something like that at a church mm. in Tucson that we just kind of partner with a church and say, here's our idea. Here's our theme. This is what we've been thinking and what's kind of on our hearts to share. Um, what do you think? You know, and so a church can kind of come and say, well, we would like to integrate this or that alongside what you want to do. And so I think it'll look a little bit different in various markets and, and based on what church or venue or whatever it winds up being at. Um, so it's sort of an organic sort of loose <laughs> idea at this point, um, yeah. not fully fleshed out, but, uh, but we hope to do this EP of worship songs and incorporate that and include that in the legacy event, wherever we go. Awesome. Very cool. So tell, tell us a little bit about how you got involved with this Easter Together uh, concert. That's a super good question. <laughs> um, I Actually, my daughter's boyfriend plays guitar for um, all kinds of people, but specifically um, has played with the Christmas Together hmm. tour that they've done previously, and I think for Easter Together last year. Okay. Um, and so we drove from Montana to Spokane, Washington, not this past December, but this December before they had just begun dating and it was one of those, I was the chauffeur, you know, basically to drive my daughter all the way to Spokane, which is four and a half hours away hmm. to go and see the show. 
And I met um, all the people that were on the tour at the time. So Tim Timmons was there and Dominic Bali, who had come up and sung here in Montana. So I knew some of the people, but um, we just sort of developed a relationship from that initial meeting. Hmm. Um, They are still dating. And so uh, we just kind of got to know Stephanie and Jaden through Blaine, her boyfriend. And, um, you know, it's my crowd. I'm from Orange County. Like, it's, yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. They just contacted us, I guess, from those connections. That's very cool. So how, um, I guess, the Easter Together, uh, I guess we call it program event, it's coming up here in a week or so from when we're recording this, like, what, what do you know the program? Is there something that you're most excited about um, for that event? Yes. I. When we have seen the Christmas Together events, hmm. the thing that I loved so much about those was the way that the artists were able to interact with each other. It wasn't just, um, okay, here comes artist number one out on the stage by himself, and then they leave, and then artist number two comes out. It was... Uh, different artists saying backup for the other artists and they interacted um, in conversation and all of that on stage and the camaraderie of that was really attractive to me mm. and so we get to do that for an Easter together as well and um, I'm so excited to sing with the choir, with the Saddleback Choir, Anthony Evans and I are doing something together with the choir um, I have some dear precious friends that are also happen to be like the most amazing singers in the whole wide world um, that are singing back up with us for some of the songs. So um, just the interactive aspect of it, it, what we're doing on the stage is kind of mirroring what we hope happens in the audience, I think, with the churches coming together and people blurring the lines of denominations and um, church names and, and yeah. all of that. So we're, we're doing that too on the platform and it's very intentional and I love that. That's cool. The, the, the Christmas together guys or the, the tour came through my home church uh, over this past Christmas. And it was just, I think, well, what you said there, the most impressive part for me was that, like, they weren't leaving the stage. They all just kind of hung out and they all hopped up and sing back up for each other and kind of, like, ribbed at each other and heckled each other sometimes. But it was fun to just kind of see, you know, yeah. worship leaders from all over the place just doing it together and worshiping God. It was yeah. neat. It's going to be cool. Um, so before we talked, I was reading through your blog too, um, and I was just really like impressed by your. You call it your music Mondays. Um, <laughs> even this yeah. past one had like some cool vocal tips. Can you kind of maybe like tell people a little bit about? And, and we'll link to this in our show notes for this podcast too, if you want to check them out. But um, can you maybe t- tell us the heart behind? You know, it looks like this is kind of something you started this year for yeah. on your blog. Yeah, yeah. Um, blogging is a relatively new medium for me. I mean. In, like within the last five years, just it's sort of been an ongoing journey of why am I doing this? What does it mean? It's taking so much time away from everything else I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> um, but I've come to really enjoy it and um, and love just kind of you know being. being I'm a lengthy talker, obviously, and so it's really nice to have a platform to just, nobody's telling you to, you know, if you don't want to read it, don't read it, but I can talk as long as I want. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, um, So with the Music Mondays this year, I thought, you know what, I need to add something that's not just, and this was largely my husband's um, pushing a little bit, like, okay, I like that you're writing and that you're taking the time to say things that are on your heart. But um, you're an artist, you're a musician, you're a singer. You should have some element of that represented in, in this 
in this blog. So that was kind of the initial um, idea behind Music Mondays. I thought, good grief, I've been doing this for nearly 30 years. And I know a lot of people and I um, have learned a lot of stuff. And I could impart some of that, uh, hopefully, that some of it is wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> There's some level of wisdom represented. Um, so that's what, the heart behind it. And I, I sent out an interview uh, or like an, a list of questions to a bunch of industry friends from uh, record label other artists and um, all the same questions. They don't all apply to every single person. Mm-hmm. But I sent out... Uh, I guess kind of a questionnaire on Facebook saying, if you could have some inside information in the music business, what what would you want to know? Yeah. And I took a bunch of those questions and compiled them, and that's what I sent out. And um, so I'll do one of those a month at least um, mm. from people who have responded back to the questions. Like one was, I mean, you probably saw Propaganda a few yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. Answer, yeah. Oh, he was so fantastic. And um, so that's, <laughs> that's cool. the heart behind it. Yeah. Very cool. So with your career, you know, you just mentioned it's spanned almost 30 years. Do you have any tips for our community on, on like how to keep that fresh, how to keep your longevity going? I think um, occasional burnout is inevitable. And my personal experience has been after I've now that I've experienced burnout more than once, which is an understatement <laughs> uh, to now know that it's not the end burnout is not the end necessarily mm-hmm. um but usually that is a clear sign that something needs to change and um so time away is not always a bad thing um so that would be one thing i would say like embrace that time just use it to um i was just talking to my husband about this this morning and realizing that i feel like i've come to this place where i know my pitfalls and it doesn't mean I am able to navigate around them every time I still fall into the same pitfalls, but I'm more aware of what gets me out of them. And so I would say, be become aware of that for yourself, that where pitfalls are inevitable, the getting out is inevitable too. And that's, you know, just kind of try and become aware of where all of a sudden you get a lift in your spirit or where you feel a moment of inspiration um, for me is leaving the house. Sometimes it's not always that, but sometimes it's coming to the house. You know, it's always a little right. bit different. But um, just in terms of creativity, um, doing something that's totally unrelated to what you're trying to be creative at is an odd way to spur new creativity. That mm-hmm. seems weird, but um, that's what has some of the things that have worked for me in the past. Or like yesterday, yeah. <laughs> I continue to work for me. That's great. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So, um, <laughs> last two, like you've been singing for a long, long time. Like, how do you keep your your voice as an instrument? Like, how do, how do you keep it tuned up? How do you how do you keep it healthy? <laughs> that's what I just my music Monday was just about yeah. this last week because um, Phil Wickham has experienced some vocal fatigue yeah. recently, and, and actually his wife had. Um, called me and said, we're having this problem. (laughs) Give us some advice. And in the same week, my daughter, who was just starting vocals um, for her record, got so stressed and so tense and her voice started feeling really weird. And I thought, well, you know what? 
clearly lots of people deal with this. Let's write about it. (laughs) And now I'm fighting a cold as of yesterday and realizing that I need to implement and utilize some of these things um, myself. But I think um, rest is the number one thing. Stress and tension, I find to be the two, um, other than just sickness, which is something you can't necessarily do anything about. um, Those two things, I feel it just like pull everything out. So Mm. trying to figure out how to breathe deeply and relax and um, figure out how, what you have to do tomorrow, the things you have to accomplish today. How can you look at those and kind of go, it's okay. It'll get done. Cause I think those simple mundane things will contribute sometimes to the stress and and tension. Yeah. Um, But water, lots, lots of water, um, is key. Lots of rest is key and not talking, yeah. just not talking in, especially like in a room like this, I'm the only one in here. It's quiet, but in a, at a dinner party at a restaurant, oh my goodness, you're screaming and yelling. And I've had to, um, not participate in more social fun things <laughs> in my life just because, um, had to be careful because I know that about my voice that it goes yeah um, in the loud room so they're really simple common sense um, sure things but that's cool so are you you reading anything that's really been just like hitting you lately <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading um, I'm reading Questlove's biography Mo Meta Blues it's pretty awesome that's cool <laughs> um I'm writing a song that has some, uh, there's a lot of songs on this record about heaven. It was very unintentional, but um, now that I'm looking at, now that I have like actual pieces to a puzzle, I'm not, I'm not scrambling to find the pieces anymore. I feel like I've got the pieces. They're just not put together yet. Mm. Um, but I'm looking at these pieces and I'm seeing some, some themes and some threads and, um, and, an internal perspective and just heaven itself is actually kind of an interesting theme. Um, possibly because, um, last year, I think I went to about five funerals or memorial services, like pretty, pretty quick succession. Um, my parents are aging. My dad's going to be 75. My mom's got some mental health struggles that were, um, totally invested in now, you know, kind of six months ago, I would have said, what the, very front end of this thing and like pretty quickly we're we're down the road a little bit Hmm. so just thinking about the future and the reality of that is that a reality you know questioning these things and and asking questions about them um so i've picked up randy alcorn's book heaven um that a bunch of people that i know have read and recommended and sure so that's cool yeah thank you so much for, for chatting with us Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. As always, be sure to head over to thechurchcollective.com and connect with us. We really want to connect with you and help you connect with other worship leaders as we become better at what we do together. God bless you.